I was just having lunch with Stacy and uh, a friend of ours, Curtis, and said, hey, I got to get going. Craig and I are doing some podcasts today. And Stacy said, oh, what are you doing, hon? What's today's topics in the How Did Jesus Look at Life series? And I said, oh, we're going to they're going to address gender and homosexuality. And she looks at me with these big wide eyes and she's like, you guys, man, you, you aren't scared about addressing that stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Why, why is it that this feels so delicate, so, you know, filled with landmines? What's with that, Craig? Mm-hmm. Well, first, I just so agree. If there's one topic that I, I just uh, – there's something inside of me wants to steer clear of. It's gender and homosexuality. I think, John, for a couple of reasons. One, I mean the whole the whole tide of um, our culture and our age and our time um, just has one perspective on this. And for us to, to hold anything other than that is to be viewed as intolerant, judgmental, and just there's this – assignment put upon you if, if you don't toe the cultural line on these things. Oh, it's so true. Hey, friends, welcome to the Ransom Tart Podcast. I'm John Eldridge, and with me is Craig McConnell. And you're jumping into a conversation that we're having about the conversation we're about to have. And uh, yeah, the tiptoe, walk on eggshells, don't bring it up, issues of gender um, masculinity, femininity, are there gender differences? You know, is that important? And then into, well, then what about issues of, of same-sex attraction, issues of homosexuality? Um, and I just want to say, gang, um, we're not wading into this to try and pick a fight. Um, the scripture offers us life, you know, and we're chasing life. We kind of began this whole series by saying, look, if we can find the way that Jesus looked at the world and we can begin to align our convictions and our perspective, our worldview with his, it's not going to result in in hatred, fear, or oppression. You don't see any of that in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You, You know, the people closest to him said things like, you alone have the words of life. So... You know, we're coming into this with the posture of let's let's find God's perspective on this stuff so that we can find life, not not so that we can uh, provoke ill will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," and somehow those three are just linked: uh, mm. truth, life. You know, they're just linked in a way to relate and live. Okay, you pause, can't... pause. I have never linked that before. Mm-hmm. I mean linked. I've never mm-hmm. used that. Craig, that's brilliant. Like mm-hmm. we hear these religious saying, right? These verses, we get numb to them, mm-hmm. right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I've never looked at it, Craig, by saying those three are linked, you know, that you can't abandon truth and find life. life. You can't abandon you know, the way yes. and, and find truth. You, you know, you can't. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> hey. <laughs> just bringing it to the masses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and I'll just throw some stuff in occasionally. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm driving over here and, and I'm, I'm thinking about the gender. Let's start with gender. Um, 
did Jesus believe, does Jesus believe in gender differences and, and how important are those? And um, I was thinking to myself, Craig, I, th- I think the reason that this just – man, I can feel the knee-jerk reaction um, of people. I think the reason if I understand them – their concerns are twofold. First, people don't want to be put in a box. Mm-hmm. If they hear us talking about masculinity, femininity, there are these distinctions um, and they're God-given. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like the next sentence is, therefore, you know, you guys have to ride ATVs and wear car hearts and use a chainsaw or, you know, be lumberjacks or offshore oil rig workers or something. You yes. know, I think the first fear is... It feels like if we admit to that, it's going to lead to something. You know, they're afraid to acknowledge some of the teaching in, in Scripture on this because they're you know afraid it's going to lead to some sort of oppression. You're going to put me in a box that I don't want to be in, you know. Yeah. Or it feels like the other concern is, yeah, there's going to be some kind of discrimination. We're going to be denied opportunities, you know, by allowing for gender distinctions. We're going to set the course of human rights and obviously in particular women's rights back a century. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to say not necessarily, right. not at all. I mean that those two things don't go together. No more than, you know, people saying, look, as a community, we just come to the agreement that, you know, driving 110 on the freeway is irresponsible and, and everybody goes, yeah, that, that seems reasonable. Let's, let's set a speed limit. And it doesn't result in massive hatred, oppression, people being imprisoned. You know, um, gang, just because we want to address these things doesn't mean that, you know, the, the outcome of this is some sort of oppression, discrimination. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be put in a box. Mm-hmm. I, so let me say this. Maybe this will help our friends. Um, we believe there's gender differences and we believe that that's what Jesus believes and we want to try and show you that in scripture. But, but gang, we think that that can be expressed in all kinds of ways. You know, some girls are more tomboyish and they, they want to play sports. They want to ride motorcycles. You know, they, you know, they want to go into careers that may have looked traditionally male. They want to be attorneys or brain surgeons or whatever. Far out. Far mm-hmm. out. That's great. That doesn't, you know, A doesn't equal B here in, yes. in terms of, you know, acknowledging distinctions. We're not, we're not looking to try and put people into these, you know, rigid categories. Of, of course, there's different expressions of masculinity and femininity. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you would say about gender, John? I went right back to Matthew 19. I think this is crucial. We actually started our series way back when, how does Jesus look at things? How does Jesus look at life, the world, with this? Um, and it's the, the issue on the table at the time was divorce and, you know, they were trying to trap Jesus into saying things about divorce that would, you know, get him on the wrong side of the law, so to speak. And, and Jesus said to them, listen, listen, haven't you heard that in the beginning the creator made them male and female? And said, for this reason, marriage. You know, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Okay? And therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. In other words, Jesus is looking back to Genesis 1. Jesus is saying, gang, there is a design 
to the universe. There is a design to humanity. There is a design to gender. And you, know, you, can't, you just can't ignore that. It's right there in the teachings of Christ. It's, it's in the very first chapter of, of the scriptures. And Jesus is saying this isn't an oppressive thing. Mm-hmm. There is a beauty to this. I mean just as there's a beauty to the ocean – in creation, there's a beauty to light. Let there be light. There's a beauty to, you know, horses and hawks and and Cabernet grapes. And, you know, he's looking back at the design of the universe. He's saying there's a beauty to all of this. There is a beauty to gender distinctions. But Jesus clearly says God made us male and female. Yeah. It's not a creation of culture. Right. This is a... Exactly. Absolute. This is universal. Right. These whatever whatever it means, the distinctions are authored by God. Yes. Yes. And therefore, they are universal. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the really surprising things I think to a lot of guys who were. I've talked to a lot of guys. I've gotten a lot of mail um, letters from guys saying, "You know what? Frankly, I, I didn't want to read Wild at Heart. Wasn't really interested in that." And I would say, oh, really? You know, why not? And he's like, well, you know, all that macho stuff. I just don't go into that. You know, I live in the city and, you know, I dress in, in ways that maybe might seem a little more gender neutral or, you know, metro or whatever. And, and then I got into your book and I realized, oh, this isn't about hunting. Uh-huh. These are about some really deep things that are true to the masculine heart. And the, I mean, the wild thing is the proof is in the pudding. The message of you know, the heart of men is being used in, you know, prisons in Atlanta. It's being used in the Amazon jungle with the native peoples there. It's being used in Kazakhstan, China, Poland, Slovakia. So it's not cultural, gang. That's what we want to say is that, no, gender distinctions are not cultural. They actually predate culture. Yeah. In the the thought that uh, male and female were created in his image as men and as women there's so much we have in common and share because it's the image of god we bear there are some distinctions but there's this there's something that seems true and rooted and shared by us that i mean we're not it's not just distinctions we are both image bearers. Yes, exactly. And therefore, issues of dignity, mm-hmm. right? Equal dignity. Mm-hmm. That, that's not on the table here. That's, that's not up for grabs. I, to say that things are distinct is not to say that one has greater value than, than another, but they are distinct. And so to say that made in the image of God means both of equal value. Mm-hmm. But made in the image of God Male and female means, gang, this this is rooted so deeply that this is actually how you bear the image of God. Because, again, you look at the text and it doesn't say, so God made humankind. So God made people generically and then, and then he just happened to bestow on some female bodies and some male bodies. So, you know, kind of like there's a – you know, some of the mystic religions would have, you know, there's a – kind of amorphous soul. There's an androgynous soul. The soul is neither male nor female, but then God simply puts that in a male body or a female body. Not so. Yeah. Not so. Not, not according to Jesus. When he looks back at this and he says, haven't you read? Haven't you heard that in the beginning before culture, before civilization, before 
nurture family structure before, you know, sociology, before these things, male and female. This is, this is maybe actually one of the deepest things about human beings. In living in a culture that tries to abolish these gender distinctions, um, we need to recognize that if, if we're in the flow of this culture that is, tends to do that, something very important is lost. Yeah. I mean, this isn't kind of an, a minor issue. Bingo. I think that's huge, gang. Right. I mean, this, you know, the emotions, the political correctness, the spirit of the age, you know, all of that, you know, is driving towards um, obscuring gender differences. And I want to say when you have a culture that's confused about gender, you actually have a culture that's confused about the, one of the most basic mm-hmm. things. This isn't a side issue. This isn't a culture wrestling with – you know, some of the nuances of neuroscience or um, space travel, mm-hmm. nuclear, you know, fusion and, and energy resources. <laughs> You're talking about something that is core to humanity. The masculine and the feminine are absolutely core to what it means to be a human being. Now, again, I, I feel like I have to stop and say, I think one of the reasons why we have reached this point where there's a lot of fear around this issue. There's there's a lot of um, just back away from it. Don't try and state that there are differences that are essential, universal, inherent, core to human beings. Um, I think it's because of brokenness, mm-hmm. honestly. You just can't talk about gender without also talking about um, fatherlessness in a culture most psychologists would agree that gender identity is actually bestowed by the father, that there's something very important about the presence of a loving father. And I think in other broadcasts we've pointed out, for example, that sexual promiscuity in teenage girls is um, almost directly correlated to the presence of a loving father in the home. If she doesn't have a father, she goes looking for love elsewhere and you know, giving herself physically to boys to try and get love. You know, that's that's proof. That's data. That's not a hypothesis we're putting out there. That's just real. So when you have a culture with such deep father wounds as our culture has, um, so many kids growing up in divorced homes, um, so many young men and women and boys and girls experiencing assaults on their masculinity and femininity, then of course that brokenness is going to express itself culturally. Mm-hmm. You know, of course – this is why, for example, let me give a little pause here. <laughs> this is why um, you cannot determine what is natural and right for human beings by doing surveys. Mm-hmm. You know, the, kind of the social sciences tried to do that um, in the 1900s, you know, with research and empirical studies and that sort of thing and saying, well, if we can prove that X number of people, you know, are – gender neutral or whatever, you know, then we can prove that that's the healthy way for people to live. (laughs) Gang, the reason why those surveys and empirical studies are fundamentally flawed is this. You're studying a broken world. Mm -hmm. You're starting with flawed data in the sense that you're studying with broken human beings. I mean, if you did a research study, you would find that most people at some point in their life struggle with anger. 
and rage. You know, we don't want to go on from that point and say, well, anger and rage are natural to the human condition. It's, it's normal to want to hate your neighbor. No, actually, it's not. Not in the design of human beings. You were designed to love. Hate, anger, rage, that all came in later. So that's a quick little footnote too. That's why this, you know, psychology, some of the social sciences, empirical studies, when they try and simply take a sample group and say, oh, well, look, you know, we've got X number of people who struggle with gender identity, you know, well, you're, you're, you are studying a fallen race. Yes. You're studying broken people. So I think it'll help our listeners to know that, you know, when you look at the current cultural climate on gender, you have to realize that it is deeply, deeply affected by pain, hurt, brokenness, their childhood, bad experiences of masculinity and femininity. But it doesn't erase the creator's design. Yeah. So we bear the image of God. We're created by him, male and female. And what I hear you saying is in, in we're also all broken. Deeply. Deeply. Another thought here, John, on just the importance of this is um, I'm thinking of Romans and how that just makes so very clear that the blurring of, of the distinctions of the genders, this uh, abolishing of gender differences and how we're to relate and so on and so forth is also um, leads to an idolatry, to a, just an outright spiritual rejection of God. If we're blurred on gender we're blurred on God. Yes. Yes, that's important. I mean, Paul makes it pretty clear that that's a culture that is in massive decline. It's a culture that is in high rebellion of God. And again, yikes. I mean, you can just, you know, there's, man, there's some people who live in worlds where if they played this podcast, I mean, they'd be run out of, you know, their church, their community, their university setting. I mean, you could not play this podcast in most Christian universities and colleges that they don't believe that. They don't want to hear that. They want to say no that for whatever reason, whether it's you know, in order to preserve the rights of women that we've fought so hard for mm-hmm. over the years or you know, if it's to prevent um, discrimination you know, or, or just sort of backward thinking, got to go, gang, come back to the scriptures. Jesus believes there's a design to yes. the universe. And the thing that he uses to point out that design is male and female. He uses gender to say, yeah, God put distinctions into the human race and masculinity and femininity are among the most essential of those distinctions. So clearly we're going to need to pick this up in a part two. But I think what we're trying to say here in part one is um, this doesn't mean discrimination out of a love and concern for either men or women, you, you don't have to blur distinctions. You start doing that, Paul says, you're actually blurring the image of God, yes. which is clear. Jesus believes that. Genesis teaches that. So this is actually a great part of human dignity that's been assaulted over time by evil, sin, and brokenness, and sure, culture and oppression and those things. But The design itself is beautiful. We're going to come back to this in a second podcast. For more, we always invite you to come to our website at ransomedheart.com or our Facebook page. And we'll just pick this right up next week. 